I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. Everybody, and welcome to this latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me tonight are my cohorts in crime, the lovely and talented guest fangirl, Sarah Park. Hello! And the lovely and talented, Ran Willox. Hey, everybody. So tonight's episode is a special one. Um, we have uh, actually tomorrow night, as of the airing of the show, is going to be the uh, March 2012 Horror Hound Weekend, which I will be at running around like a chicken with my head cut off and hosting and talking and putting out fires. Um, it's happening in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Marriott East uh, Convention Center. Uh, so please join us if you haven't already. There's still a uh, door... Day of event door tickets are available, if I can get that out. And we're going to have some great celebrity guests there. Linda Hamilton, Lance Henriksen, the first time at a U.S. convention, Timothy Baum, um, who uh, was in Peter Jackson's Dead Alive or Brain Dead, depending on which version you've seen. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Heather Langenkamp. Uh, just uh, basically every colonial marine from Aliens is going to be there and every monster from the Monster Squad. Is going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a great, great show. Voltaire's performing live on Saturday night. And oh, man, I love that guy. He's so cute. He's and so awesome. He is awesome. He is like the evil, satanic, uh, sarcastic, lost brother of Weird Al Yankovic. That's how I always see him. So romantic at the same time. Like I know. It's the goatee <laughs> and the clothes. And but he, like he has some songs that are just downright like the most romantic songs I have ever heard. Like uh, oh, ex lovers, lovers. Oh, yes. Yeah. An anniversary. Oh my god. Just total like. Anyways, uh, all yes. stuff. Yes, oh, Voltaire will be jealous. there on Saturday night, and he's going to be there, I believe, all weekend. Um, I think he's got a, a table and everything. Um, my, Michael Graves is going to be playing on Friday night from the Misfits, um, which is going to be awesome, too. We've got just just tons of stuff. There's a bunch of people from Night of the Living Dead going to be there. Not only that, but Mask Fest is going to be going on, which is just amazing. If you've never been to Mask Fest, it's just beautiful. It's, it's just artwork everywhere you look. These masks and collectibles, and the Kyoto brothers who did Killer Clans from Outer Space and Critters created those characters and those makeups is, are going to be there. And then on top of that, um, but the Elvira is having her um, 
her uh, film festival that uh, is actually part of Kamikaze, the thing that Stan Lee's doing. Uh, her film festival is going to be there. She's going to be one of the f- only times you're ever going to find her doing this again in costume on Saturday as Elvira. She doesn't do this anymore. This is just for us in this, this festival. And it's just going to be great. There's some great horror shorts that are going to be shown. And I'm just excited. This is going to be an awesome, awesome show. So I thought it only fitting that we do an episode where we talk about, as fans ourselves and as people who are, you know, partake in these fan uh, events like these conventions, our fan best stories, bad stories, surreal stories, you know, just some of the cool things that we've witnessed and, and uh, things that we've done and, and maybe our, our tips for surviving uh, conventions as well. Uh, so I thought that would be a, a good uh, kickoff point for this and timely as the show is going to happen uh, tomorrow, actually, as of this airing. So on top of that, we've got a special guest uh, this episode. Alan Sizzler Kissler is going to be on and uh, he knows a thing or two about cons, too. He's a great writer and uh been involved with a bunch of different stuff comic book related he's written the unofficial game of thrones cookbook and uh the unofficial spider-man trivia challenge as well as the unofficial batman trivia challenge and just tons of other stuff and he's just an awesome dude so i am happy to have him on board and we're going to talk cons and we're going to talk doctor who at least a little bit and i know sarah's uh just dying for that to happen. i know i'm like i'm sitting here of like I'm putting the lid on it, Jessica. <laughs> we gotta hold off. off. We gotta hold but, off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just wait. Just wait until I take that lid off. And oh, and I know, I know, I know. Because as we all know, Doctor Who aired this weekend, and the secrets out about season seven, and we got to see early on surprise the new companion. And but is it the new companion, or is it a lookalike? That's the other thing that I uh, read about this week after the fact that, you know, we had Martha Jones, who looked suspiciously like her cousin who died uh, in a season before. Uh, so, you know, you're really tempting me to take the lid off, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it yet. Keep the, bo- the pot boiling. Keep the pot boiling. Okay. So anyway, with that being said, let's hop into our Weekend Geek. Sans Doctor Who, because I want to wait for Alan to be on for that. Um, but I, I have a couple of things, and I know uh, Sarah has some stuff, too, that's comic book related and great. Uh, but first, I wanted to talk about Iron Man 3, which is also kind of comic book related, I guess. But right. uh, you guys love Loki, but I'm a Tony girl. Oh, Tony's pretty. Um, so oh. Iron Man 3, they have added another villain. Oh, really? Apparently, is it, yes. oh, is it is it Loki? No, it's not Loki. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> nice Good try. Nice try. Very valiant effort. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Um, and I know I'm gonna just butcher this guy's name. Um, his his the actor's name is Wang Zuki, I believe is how it's pronounced. If I'm wrong, you can hit me. Um, but he has been cast as Chen Lu, aka the Radioactive Man. And uh, so they've got now, I'm, I, I trust Shane Black and I trust Robert Danny Jr. But apparently, as I'm, I'm reading this on Gamma Squad, I read this today, uh, they have now like 
five freaking bad guys. Oh, God. Okay, so what's the... the Well, so are they doing a Five Rings thing with this? Well, what they said, what it sounds like they're doing, he's going to be cast as a Chinese nuclear scientist. Then you have Guy Pierce, because I heard, I heard that they were going to be following the extremist storyline. I thought that was what they were doing. Um, but now it sounds like the man, Mandar- Mandarin is going to be there, and... Yeah. Yeah, Ben Kingsley's playing him, which I find funny, but whatever. <laughs> I Ben that, Kingsley's a great that actor. That is kind of funny. I mean, he's fantastic, but okay. He's, he's not whatever. He's 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 I guess multi-ethnic guy. He can play any ethnicity. Just give me a well, chance. I was going to say yeah. but Ben Kingsley is a, is an ethnic chameleon. He can just play pretty much any ethnicity. It's yeah, really it's kind of crazy. It is but they 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 cast this guy as uh, this character. Now, here's where Ren's probably going to get all squee. Because Tom appara- <laughs> but apparently, oh God. Um, so apparently, this character originated because I'm not so I I'm, I like Thor, but I'm not as well versed in it as I am in I, I'm, as some of these uh, Marvel characters. But apparently, this villain, Radioactive Man, uh, first appeared in Thor. And so they're thinking that it could be the crossover part of this movie into Thor's The Dark World, mm-hmm. according well, to they've this. Kind of been, they've been using Radioactive Man villain-wise just in Tony storylines, really, lately. Okay. Like, if you're watching any of the cartoons or, or anything like that, it's more of a... It's more of a... They have been using him in Avengers cartoon but it as strictly a tony stark themed villain gotcha that and that's probably marvel getting ready for this i'm guessing i mean they they've been thinking ahead they've had to because of how they're doing all these movies in the universe so i'm guessing oh my gosh it's crazy like it's crazy good the way and i mean they even introduced the hulk as like more intelligent like way before avengers because obviously avengers he wasn't just like stupid smash things without Right. You know, the Hulk. He, he he was, you know, he's Bruce Banner able to kind of control the Hulk. Right. Or, but it's really, Hulk is really confusing right now. Uh, and second time, I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> oh, well, the comic book Hulk, the Incredible Hulk comics. Anyway. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I, I, like I, actually, I like what they're doing in them, but... I had to put that one down. I'm not a fan of it. I, I do not like the, um, the evil Bruce turnaround stuff. I'm just not a fan. I, I liked it at first, but now it's gotten just really weird. I oh mean, I like the whole Dr. Gosh. Moreau. I like the whole Dr. Moreau aspect. And now he's went crazy because what made, you know, basically losing the Hulk caused him to lose enough of himself that he knows that it's part of himself and now he's gone crazy trying to get it back and yeah it's got sort of weird so i don't know i'm gonna keep with it just because i'm a hulk girl and i always have been uh but i i love the artwork the uh from the first few issues that they had going on yeah yeah um yeah i i stopped i stopped buying that after um Hulk and She-Hulk had their public display of affection. Which issue was? <laughs> oh, I may have skipped that one then. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of awkward. Like really There's, the most awkward um scene in comic books I've seen in a while. Did did like, they did they get it on? Oh yeah. <gasps> That's his cousin. That's his cousin. Smashed cars. What 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 issue was this? <laughs> what issue was It was after the whole thing where, you know, Bruce Banner blows up in the Gamma Bomb, obviously. And it was, like, the second issue, or maybe the first, where it was just Hulk, and he was running around doing stupid Hulk things. Was like it Green Hulk, with Hulk, or was it the Red Hulk, She-Hulk? Red She-Hulk, Betty. Oh, thank God. Okay, the, I was like, wait! No, not <laughs> More like it uh, might as well. Uh, honestly, might as well have been. So, but Ooh. Ooh. okay. Well, with that thought, all right, let's move on. So, <laughs> um, Sarah, what's one of your uh, weekend geeks? Well, my my first week is uh, I've just gotta give a shout out to uh, Curtis J. Oh, God, I don't even know how to say his last name. Weeb Weeby. I'm really sorry. Curtis. <laughs> So we sorry. put your names on this show all the time. <laughs> but um, he was the writer for Green Wake. Uh, well, his latest little miniseries uh, just finished up. Uh, it's called Grim Leaper. And it's this really weird, messed up romance story that's also, you know, got gore and horror and death. And it is just brilliant. Um, and so that you know, that just fin- concluded this week. So there are four issues of it. And it's Ooh. called Grim Leaper. Uh, and it's by Image. So it's an Image title. And, you know, it's it's only four books. Go out and buy the whole series. Sit down and read it. You will love it. It's fantastic. So uh, and I'm sure there'll be a trade coming out if you can wait that long. But. So it sounds like a really twisted quantum leap because I was reading uh, after you told me about it earlier. I was like looking up some stuff, and it sounds like a really weird, twisted version of quantum leap. Yeah, basically, this guy uh, dies, and then he keeps like being put into other people's bodies who are about to die. So basically, he's having to experience death over and over again. And so the whole series is him trying to like kind of like figure out why this is happening and then you know it's the boy meets girl in a really gory effed up way and it's 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 just a really fantastic story and it's it is it's a it's a romance comic but it is so gory and terrifying it's (laughs) great and the artwork is fantastic too um Oh gosh, why why do both of them have to have terrible terrible names to produce? <laughs> so it's Alucio C Santos. And again, I am really sorry if I got your name wrong. I think but that's better than I could have done with it. You're right. It's what it looks like it's pronounced as. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the artwork is just fantastic. You know, it's 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 fun and really highly stylized, but it's also like really dynamic and gorgeous, you know? So, 
and you know the the colors and everything. It's just it's a great book. It is definitely worth picking up. You sold me on it. I'm gonna get it. Oh yeah, you'd love it. You of all people. Nah, nah. Um. Well, I wanted to bring up, uh, too, uh, this week, in kind of swinging back around to video games briefly, apparently Valve is going to be making supposedly a console. Whoa. So, yeah, the the rumor is, um, I, I was looking on, IGN is reporting this right now, is that they're, um, they posted a, a job listing for an industrial designer mm-hmm. and it's basically saying they're looking for someone to help pro- in product design, manufacturing, ergonomics, aesthetics and all this stuff, even talking about keyboards and things and uh, I guess they're sick of how the console industry hasn't really done anything new it's always been like a rehash of uh, you know how the PS1 has just basically been you know, gleamed up a little bit, and then you have a Blu-ray player in there now. The graphics are going up, but it's not the playability. You know, every joystick or controller looks the same. So I guess they're wanting to uh, put their hat in the ring of of uh, making their own console. So, and these are the guys that make the games that you play on the console. So, the a lot of people like you know, you've got Half Life and that kind of stuff, and they've basically you know i believe they own steam right that's who yes. steam came from so uh if i'd be afraid xbox <laughs> you know if these guys come into the ring of uh consoles it's going to be that's going to be a, a shake-up for everyone else well it's a yeah. great it's a great thing it's a two-horse race at the moment there needs to well three if you count we but no one counts we wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> The the fresh blood will be really, really welcome. I, I'll be really excited to see what they do. Oh yeah! See, I still, I still just like in my mind as you're explaining this, I'm seeing Virtual Boy, and oh. <laughs> seeing, like you know those big dumb like virtual reality things that you like that they used to have in malls and crap. I don't know if if we ever came out with a power glove again, I'd totally buy the crap out of that. Well, yeah, I, th- I I feel like like people have tried to do this before. Like I like having my controller. I'm a Sony girl myself and and I I love the PlayStation. It's just like can we as consumers break out of mold the- ourselves into something so new and alien? Well, you know, Valve are the people that have that. They used to have that, like, icon. It looked like the guy had a plug in the back of his neck. Now, if you wait, can, wait, wait, wait. If he had they, a valve in the back. Uh, of his well, neck. a valve in the back of his neck. <laughs> if so. you can, if they can create the fi- finally that brain port that I've been waiting for, <laughs> I'm the first in line. You you can make me do what in my own head with who? Okay, you know. <laughs> oh dear. You just ram in that bale of Legosi pot. There you go. Yay. If they if they try and be we, I'll be disappointed because I am firmly in that camp of uh, I want to sit down and not move. The only thing that moves when I'm playing video games are my thumbs, and that's how I like it. So yeah. 
but if so, if they try and do the Wii thing and make me stand up and actually punch things, I will be upset because I don't want to do that. Um, I go outside when I want to do that crap. So I gotta say, I love the Connect though, dude. The Connect is awesome when it, when you find a game that's actually fun with it and works. I have to try the Connect. I, I so I'm speaking from a little bit of a, a, an uninformed standpoint, but I mean, I, I was just saying that they don't necessarily have to do something drastically different to still revolutionize the industry. I mean, all they have to do is do something like, I mean, I, 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 Apple made a phone. There was a ton of phones before Apple, but the iPhone still revolutionized the industry. All they got to do is come up with something that is the same, but a million times better. And I, I think oh, like, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I know that, like, they were talking about, like, you know, you're supposed to be able to, like, integrate more, like, Steam games with your PlayStation 3 and stuff. But I was really disappointed in what came of that. So if they could do something that is really a lot more open and a lot more integrating with games. It's like, Mm because, you know, if there's, I love Steam, but I don't like gaming on my computer, Oh, oh, I do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a PC girl. I, I think I'll always be a PC girl more than a console girl. But I and, I, and I, but there's those two different camps. It's like, but I don't like. I love Steam and I love the games. Don't like sitting at my computer to play them. The only thing I can sit at the computer and play that that I prefer on the computer versus Oblivion? the um, <laughs> no, 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 no. The Oblivion's <laughs> console. Oblivion's console. No, it's actually Counter Strike. I can't play Counter Strike with a controller. Because that was the first game of the of that style that I ever learned to play, and I learned it on the keyboard. So that's the only way I can do it. But I mean, if they, what if Sarah? What if they had some kind of amazing amalgam of those two technologies? If I could sit on my recliner and still have directional keys, you know, like like a proper keyboard in front of me, and play Counter Strike from my couch, I would do it. I think that's what they're talking about, though. I I really because that's something that they brought up and pointed out was. I think they're going to try and make make it more computer-like because that's what Valve is known for, really, mm-hmm. are the mm-hmm. PC games. And I think they're going to try and integrate both together and make this... Ma- yeah, I can see them making the monster of all consoles. And let's face it, the indie games and the game sharing and the stuff that comes, you know, you can do on on the Steam and, like, the, the peripherals. Valve. Just, right. Uh, amazing and that's my problem with a lot of consoles it's like okay well i'll buy this game and i'll play it about 20 times before another game i want to spend you know 80 bucks on comes out same yeah so you know i i end up playing the same games over and over and over again because really like there isn't enough like but with things like steam it's like yeah i'll pay five dollars for that game yeah i'll pay 10 or 20 and you know like yeah i'll donate money to the humble indie bundle so that i can (laughs) you know play all these games but the, the problem is and then again it's like you have to have a computer that will run them and guess what i don't (laughs) <laughs> well, but what if that's what the console takes the place of? Exactly. Like, I that that would be that's like okay, Sony and Microsoft, you're you're gonna have a run for your money if they yeah. can do that. Oh, and I think they can. I mean, they're the people. I think Steam single handedly has like dist- it, it not in a in a in a bad way for me because I enjoy shopping for computer games like the same I, I, way I used to love going out and renting VHS and DVD. Um, but that's Steam is the reason why GameStop has like six boxes for their PC group yep, in, yeah. in terms of buying. And I and if they can do that, I mean, 
I think they can they can just destroy I, it. I would buy that system. I would. I'd still buy I'd still buy my PS ten thousand whatever because you know <laughs> it's that loyalty. They grab you when you're young. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be stuck to Xbox for a while. I love my Xbox. But I would, you know, I right now I only own the PlayStation, and so I. But I would buy that system. Would you, Sarah? Would you like to take a random guess as to how many consoles between my boyfriend and I we have in total? Let me see. I, now I'm I'm calculating how many like my my college roommate and I had between the two of us. Which was well, okay, it's not an astronomical number. We're not collectors of vintage, but we use oh, okay. all of these. We use all so, of these. So I'm guessing, like, Xbox, Xbox 360, PlayStations 1, 2, and 3? No. Close. No. Six, six consoles. We have six Jesus. consoles. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this is me saying in a household where we have two, three, or two, uh, three, two, now one 360 with, with a Kinect, with a Wii, and two PS3s. Well, my college roomie and I, we had three, this was before the PS3, so we had three PlayStation 2s, a PlayStation 1, uh, a Nintendo GameCube, uh, a Wii after that came out. Um, so we had, uh, we had a, you know, uh, NES system, and a, um, did I say GameCube? Probably already. I think you yeah. did, yeah. And a 64, I mean, we had like, in the range of eight. Yeah. <laughs> in, our, in our tiny apartment oh and an xbox yeah we had the xbox too so. yeah wow that's see and this is where i think that they're gonna he i think valve has the ability and the talent to, to combine everything into one massive monster and it's gonna it's gonna be a great like rin said it's gonna be good to have the new blood in there to see what happens because it'll make them get a little bit out of their it's kind of been in a slump and and uh I think and they need just, the competition. Not just that, but it's a big name. They don't even have to sit back on their heels and wait to see what comes out. And, and you know, it could possibly be a dud. The fact that it's Valve means that they, they've got to already be sitting up and paying attention. Because that yeah, holds a lot of promise. Yeah, they have well, a lot of loyalty. They do. And speaking of loyalty, uh, we're going to start talking about our, uh, you know, our loyalty to Dr. Hugh in a moment. Um, Amanda is bringing on our special guest tonight. And Sarah's going to be able to take the top off of her boiler. Here in oh, just one code. more Week in Geek that thing that happened something? this week. Sure. Uh, was the year-long anniversary of the new 52. Ooh, oh, yes. I'll just I'll just leave that there. Love it or uh, hate it. Can <laughs> love it or hate it. Uh, there were things to love, things to hate, I think, in summary of New 52. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they're putting out, they put out some of the zero issues this week, and I was thoroughly underwhelmed with them. Oh, really? I, yeah. I was underwhelmed when I heard about them. I just, just, it just sounded like a massive sales gimmick. Hold well, it's just a, it's just a placeholder. When they're doing the, you know, they've got that big war with all the Lantern Corps and the just yeah. the the crossover stuff coming up, you know, um, how Jordan left the Justice League in issue twelve and Superman and Wonder Woman kissed each other. So you know, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> happening. There's with a lot Todd. of stuff that they're just kind of like waiting to go. So the the zero issues are honestly just 
they just put them out like, hey, buy these. There's absolutely no reason you would have to buy them. No. But see, if you think about this purely mathematically, it opens the door for an absolute descent into stupidity. Because you can do negative one. And then you can do negative two. And then you can just keep <laughs> going. Ah, uh, and here we have our special guest who's just popped on. Hello. Hello. Now, I got to ask, do you prefer to be called Alan or Sizzler? Uh, whichever one is fine. Sizzler is, is a common nickname with friends, so that totally works. Okay, perfect. Well, everybody, <laughs> it also reminds is... me of buffet food. So, uh, this you know. is true. Oh, yeah. And, well, it could also say, you could also say old people eating their lunch discount stuff. At 4 p.m. Uh, at 4 p.m. Senior <laughs> lunch, 4 p.m. That seems like a complicated nickname. <laughs> well, everybody, this is uh, Alan Kistler, also known as Sizzler. Uh, Alan, this is Sarah Wren, and our ghostly producer, Amanda, is out there in the ether. Hello. Hi, Alan. We have exchanged the tweets before, but I don't think we've spoken. Excellent. I love meeting Twitter friends. Yes. <laughs> so I want to thank you for coming on tonight. I'll, uh, I'm just going to call you Sizzler. Screw it. That's totally um, fine. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to try to be. I was like, oh, screw it. We're not going to be. I, we're not going to be that. I, I went yeah. on a date with a girl one time, a couple of times actually, I think, where they didn't realize that was not my name and it was just a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because so many people just called me that. <laughs> it's like, who the hell's Alan? That, that- <laughs> what, mu- what must she have thought about your parents in that case to name their I child know. Sizzler? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had that question a couple times. I I even did. Uh, I knew a guy for a year in college, um, and I was in a play at one point, and he came to see me, and he saw Alan Kissler listed in the playbill, and asked me later if that was a stage name. <laughs> I was like, no, that's that's my name, Fracker. He's just like, what? I, I thought I thought your name was. He thought my name was Sizzler Kissler, and his girlfriend thought I was Alan Sizzler. And I'm just like, well, you're both stupid. <laughs> that's complicated. It's wow. that like really. It's so impressive the way people can get confused sometimes and the assumptions people make. I am constantly oh, yeah. amazed by humanity, personally. <laughs> Oh yeah. They don't keep they keep letting me down. I'm I'm it's not, I don't really want to say it's amazement. They just well, I guess they're living up to the expectation. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it just amazes me. I I don't know. I guess like just the pure stupidity that can exist. I'm just like, wow. You know what it is? You know what it is? I'm going to get slightly too serious here for a second. It's a lack of skepticism because both those people were willing to believe without any questioning or 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 uh you know, moments of doubt that his name was Sizzler. And if either right. of them had, had had a skeptical notion in their brain of thinking to themselves, well, this is highly unlikely. Perhaps I ought to pursue further evidence uh, for proof <laughs> that his name is indeed yeah. Sizzler. They, you know, they would have learned the truth, but instead, no, skeptic, no skepticism equals living in ignorance. People need more science, period. Agreed. No. Yes. <laughs> Dirty, hairy, talk to a chair. I'm sorry, what? Minutes. Oh, are we talking about this? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you follow me on Twitter or our, a friend on Facebook, you have heard <laughs> my, <laughs> and seen my Clint Eastwood impressions. So. <laughs> it's, 
I really, I really loved John Stewart's interpretation oh. where he was saying that. So, this is why so many of the Republican uh, candidates and politicians are really describing something that doesn't seem to exist. It's because there's a version of President Obama that only that they only can see and hear. <laughs> that makes so, so much true. sense. Yeah. Like, and I feel bad. Yeah, I, f- I feel bad for my friends who are Republicans and who are very nice people that I have great conversations with and we have intelligent debate. And I'm just like, I'm really sorry that on television, one of your biggest representatives right now is an angry old man yelling at a chair. I, yeah, and I, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll take a minute to just say that, you know, Alzheimer's is a very serious affliction. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I, I would have been okay with it being, it should have been a lawn chair, because then it could have been the get off my lawn chair. <laughs> I'm just saying it. I'm just saying. It could have been great. Oh, I mean, God. complete that whole meme that you created there, Clint. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. So uh, before we get off on another tangent, which I know we will, because that's what we do on Twitter, <laughs> I wanted to uh, I wanted to um, talk to you all about con experiences and also Doctor Who, because I think we'll do Doctor Who first, and then we'll talk about conventions just for a little bit. Like we'll get to conventions after I, we start talking about Doctor Who. I know. I know. It's all a trick. Um, I know. <laughs> So, lies, lies. I, <laughs> um, so Doctor Who premiered this weekend. There was some very, um, there's a lot of debate online about the episode. And I think Sarah and I kind of epitomized a little bit of, of that debate, which is, I didn't like what they did with the Daleks. I, I was actually kind of disappointed with that part of the storyline because it seemed to me suddenly the Daleks can convert people into other Daleks and that just never seemed to be the case back in the classic days or even you know they kind of hinted around with it in some of the Tenet episodes but nothing like what we saw where they put a human being in a Dalek so Sarah your your side please <laughs> um well well, b- surprise, Jessica, I did a little research. Well, I didn't do a little research. Somebody else who uh, adores me did a little research on Classic Who for this, which I'm sad to say I have not seen as much Classic Who as I would like to. I'm limited to what I find on Netflix at this point. but I, I've seen um, it all, so it balances out. There you go. <laughs> it's true. You. It's true. Uh, I um, think Alan's seen more than me, which is pretty good. Um, which... There have been instances uh, of uh, Daleks, you know, experimenting with humans. There was that one during Tenet where they're in Manhattan and they they make a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which which you know that was that was not the best episode ever, but uh, you know it it did happen um, in the Russell T Davies and um, and also you know in. 1984, they did, uh, the Daleks were trying to convert humans into Daleks, um, which... Well, and they were doing that also in in Revelation of the Daleks. Uh, Yeah. Right, right. Which, uh, actually, that was 8085, but it's, I think that's what you're talking about with the the Sixth Doctor. Yeah, uh, well, I was thinking about the Davros stuff, too. Right. um, Well, it started out that they were 
they were these mutated things and they looked like it was sort of like in Genesis of the Daleks there was nothing really human about the these things at all and I, I just have a problem with how they've they really cyberman them up and it just seemed like a big to me it just seemed really MacGuffin-y like here we've got this we're just going to suddenly have them be able to convert these people with nanotechnology into complete Daleks and it just seemed weird to me. I mean, like suddenly that's happening in the show. And I if Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh well I, I was just saying like on that end, it I wasn't clear on how much of the conversion process this was really causing. If I mean we, we have Oswin has been converted into a full Dalek. I but I wasn't sure if anything extra happened to her because everyone else just seems to be these kind of humanoid Daleks. Right. And if you have like the the nanogenes converting you to a humanoid Dalek, I actually personally had no real problem with that because they've used human slaves in the past uh, several times, starting with their second adventure, the Dalek invasion of Earth, uh, where they had the Robo Men, which were basically humans they took and and they turned them into kind of a cyborg robotic servant. Uh, they looked still human except they had this very strange headgear, and they serve the Dalek purposes. And uh, also in Remembrance of the Daleks with uh, Sylvester McCoy, the seventh doctor, they basically were implanting microchips into people's skulls and those were now serving the Daleks now. So the humanoid Daleks that we saw where the eye stalk is coming out of the head, to me, that's just the next step in evolution of that. We went from robo men to the human microchips in their heads to of nanotech that does the job for us over the course of a few days. And, and here is our new servant. Um, so, so I was that, that I was generally okay with, I wanted to hear if something extra happened to Oswin or if all those well, humanoids think, would eventually convert. Right. I, I, I like the, I like the steam bucky stuff, but I, I, you know, they looked really neat and I didn't have a problem with that. My problem was with her suddenly being converted into that, into a Dalek just completely. It just seemed off to me that they could well, do as that. As far as like logistically, it doesn't make any sense because okay, fine, you've got some nanotech that's going to change your molecules into Dalek molecules. That whole trash can thing they roll around in—that's not part of their organics. They're they're a pile of goo that rolls around in a trash can because they can't interact with the rest of outside. So right. who put her? If she fully converted into a Dalek, she's a pile of goo with a few eyes, you know, randomized. So who put her in the trash can? I mean, there, I, there's a I huge was hole I was under this. the impression in the episode itself that um, you know the doctor is kind of talking like they really wanted her for something, and obviously because she she's the doctor's companion. My theory on that is that you know, whatever this is, we see Oswin after she's been the doctor's companion and what better way to hurt the doctor than to take one of the people he cares about and change them into the one thing that they hates. I got to stop you there because all I saw was the episode and seeing as how I wasn't plussed by it, I didn't do any of the research. So what the F are you talking about? This girl Os is going to be the new companion. Yeah, but <laughs> new companion. I know, but like, I need some context. You're talking about how she's already been the con the, the companion, and that, now that's her theory slash explanation. Okay, I needed to know to whether why... this was canon or just. Well, and I thought it fit really well personally because um, you know they explained it really well in the episode, which isn't surprising because Moffat is very good at covering his tracks. 
you know, and he's, and like we were talking last week, he's just, you know, really good at putting those little things in there, which later you're going to be like, Oh, duh, you know, and like the part where they talk about how the conversion affects the memory. And obviously Oswin's a lot stronger than most humans and that she held on to things. Well, I think that the Dalek Oswin that we saw is kind of, it's not the companion we're going to see. This is this is the pieces of the companion that she was able to hold on to herself as they converted her. And I mean, that's also a theme that happens a lot when you know we see humans that the doctors you know privy to being converted into some sort of weird alien thing. I, I think we do see a lot that they there are certain parts of their lives that they really hold on to and in some cases that's able to save them i agree and and i mean i uh, while your theory sounds uh 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 sound i would hope that the entire series wasn't able to be guessed from the first episode i'd like to be surprised by something i, I think mean, it's, it's uh, go ahead go ahead yeah, i was just Sorry. saying like that that's definitely one explanation i mean right now all we know is that this act actor was told to us she would be the new companion introduced as Clara in the Christmas adventure in the next one. Uh-huh. And here she's shown up early, named not Clara, but Oswin, and is obviously a Dalek. So that's one explanation. I mean, I, I said this kind of half-jokingly, kind of half-not, uh, on another podcast. I could see this as becoming an almost a physical incarnation of a bad wolf idea. Mm, where because yeah. her very last moment she looks to you and the camera and says remember me and i'm curious if we're going to meet other people that look remarkably like this girl in different yeah. places in time and space until the doctor finally finds like the one they're based on or the source huh. uh something like that i mean i immediately was thinking about someone who has been scattered throughout space and time which has happened before in city of death with one of the doctor's enemies and also in the audio play, the sirens of time where the seventh doctor met a girl who seemed really familiar. And then you saw in a flashback, the fifth and sixth had met this identical girl in two other times and, and planets. And it turned out there was a whole manipulation thing going on. Uh, So yeah, I I was going to say, I was, I'm wondering if she's going to end up like, I know the eighth doctor and the audio adventure saved one of his companions and it caused a massive ripple effect within time. I, I, I could be, it's been a while since I've listened to the audio, but it was something to do where he saved her. She was supposed to die. And uh, I think that might be what's leading up to this because now we have the question being asked by the Daleks, which was never supposed to be asked and never answered. Doctor, Doctor who? Doctor who? Doctor who? And now that she's the the reason it's being asked. So, well, it, and I think he's going to go back possibly and and bring her along bef- so she never meets the Daleks or something's going to happen here. He's going, you know, and we do know. One thing with all certainty is the doctor goes too far. Always. Always, you know, not all, sometimes he's able not to, but in many, many cases, the doctor goes too far. The yeah. most recent Depends of which. Depends on if you piss him off. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's well, my favorite well, line of that episode was perhaps that's the reason we've never been able to kill you was because he's, you know, he, when they talk about how they think hate is beautiful yeah. and they can't destroy it. I thought they that was a brilliant moment. always get in those jabs. I think I used that instance from like season one of the new series with uh, the ninth doctor where in the episode Dalek where the Dalek says you would make a good Dalek too. Yeah. The ninth doctor. No. Oh, they just get him all the time. I kind of live <laughs> for those insults. <laughs> that this is also why the Daleks to me are, will always be superior to the Cybermen. Trash talk, simple <laughs> trash talk. I they get love, that from their dad. <laughs> yeah, I love a good trash talk from a villain or a hero any day. Just like you know, you are better at dying. I love it. Oh, they they do. They've got those great lines, just like, and and they always get the doctor. It's never like, it's never the doctor can't turn around and be like, oh yeah, well I'm rubber and you're glue. You know, they're always it's just like he's just like, dang it, you got me. Oh yeah, because uh, he well they they can't. They're, you're not going to bait a Dalek, really. I think you can't really bait one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it, it's thematically and this is one one reason why i really love this adventure is and we're all kind of saying it, it it's come back to a character driven uh story whereas the last season uh with the exception of a couple episodes i felt was so heavy plot driven that i wasn't as connected to it i wasn't as connected to the characters it was it was like okay we need to get to this plot point and look at this anomaly when now we explain that and we just explained this and we explained this and it's over yeah, well, and that's the thing with, like, the whole second half had uh, of that season was basically, you know, we're going to get to here. The 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 one standout of that season, I think, was The Doctor's Wife, mm-hmm. which was really character-driven uh, because it was Neil Gaiman and, and the man's a uh, god. Yeah, and, 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 and mostly Neil written Gaiman before. Right, yeah. and it was mostly written before that season. Right. So it, it was a whole standalone, basically, episode and, and, and didn't require any of the River Song uh, storyline to be part of it. And I, I he's really... Writing I another, to, he's oh, writing sorry, another episode. Eee. Neil Gaiman. Yep. He, yeah. He announced at the Hugos that he's writing another episode of Doctor Who. So we don't know if we'll get it this season, but... Well, and I, I really... I have to say, I really liked Oswin. She grew on me after after I watched it the second time even more so, I really liked her banter. That's I how you get her. me. I, I really did. And and she is completely the British Christina Ricci. She completely is. And I, I, I go ahead. Oh, I had a lot of friends who were like, Oh, she's just like totally another river song and she's just like this like blah 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 sassy I didn't really see that. genius, blah blah blah. And neither did I, but like in like as I'm defending myself to them, I'm like, well, so what? Doctor Who could use more sassy, you know, know-it-all female leads. Like, I loved, I love the women in Doctor Who, but let's face it, we could use more of those, those ones that just like, you know, the really confident, really, you know, the, the woman's woman. You know, yeah. uh, I have to interject and, obje- and object. No. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Just, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, I'm I'm not talking about Rose. I'm talking about, I love River Song. I I loved, Martha could hold her own when she needed to. She wasn't a damsel. 
And I really, really love Donna. And I want a girl that can be a combination of all of those things. And I, I liked, I liked what I saw. So I'm going to give her a shot. I don't know. I, I don't want a combination of those. They were brilliant because they were individual and unique. I want another indiv- unique individual. I don't want to see another cookie cutter. No, I don't want to marry Sue at all. That's Rose. Rose and was Mary Sue. And hey, what's becoming the, the what's becoming the cookie cutter co- female companion for this show is the quippy, snarky, um, clever, witty female. You know, and sure, find Collar strong if you want to, simply because she has comebacks. I don't call that strength. You know, Donna had strength. Well, you also see that she's very. I, I at least my opinion of her was that like there was a lot of bravery. Too, and that's where and I what? see the strength. What was she doing that was brave? She was never she in was, danger. She was maintaining her own identity. The only time she was in danger her own identity, even though she was trans, you know, even though she was, you know, transformed into a Dalek. Okay, I'll give you that. Her own identity. But that but then lands also squarely on my, my, my primary qualm with the entire show anymore is the only reason you're saying that is because what they showed you. They showed you that, look, she still thinks she's a human even though she's inside of a Dalek. Or they told you that. That's what I mean. They told you she still th- she still thinks she's a human even though she's not. I didn't see it, though. I didn't get it. I didn't feel it while I was watching that show. Yeah, I felt flipping nothing watching that show. I'm going to make I a total villain out of myself I think you right just now, really but... don't like Stephen Moffat. I'm just... <laughs> well, I guess. well, Alan, what, what were you going to say? I was saying, like, there. It, that's one element of strength that I saw. I also saw, like, there's uh, the hacking throughout the entire thing of just... And even though she thought she was human, she also didn't see any way of escape or have any reason to believe that she was going to be rescued. But she figured out, uh, you know, how to get to know her prison, how to get to manipulate her prison. But uh, it was when weightless. things. It was weightless and worthless because all she had to do was sit on there with her wired keyboard and go click, 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 click. Oh, look, I just did all these but, things. But right, she was but able I don't, to I don't do think, it. I mean, Ugh. that's also like, I don't think that strength is, is relegated to you pick up a sword and you fight someone. Like, no, you know, I'm like not mother. talking about that kind of strength either. I'm talking right, about... But, you know, I'm just saying, like, the determination to figure out through all these codes and all. Like, she'd been and there for a couple of years to figure it out before the doctor arrived. And then I, also, I, finally, the when she finds out and she knows for sure she is a Dalek, she still doesn't give in to the identity or into despair. She figures out, how do I help this guy? I completely agree. And I completely agree, even though it sounds like I'm not agreeing. The root of my problem is that we can get all of that depth. We can get all of that depth out of the story because we we make it up, essentially. We don't make it up, but you're presented with a very thin character, uh, you know, development and a, and, a, and a little pretty plot. But you and, gotta and give, we you, love it so much that we implant it with so but, much more ethos. But, Ren, and, and there it's wasn't the any first the episode she's in. It's the so? only episode she's been in. It's the first episode. Of course, it's going to seem thin. Because you've not, you don't know her yet. You can in an hour-long episode of anything, you can know someone if it's real. But I don't. But I don't feel like I'm implanting. Like I saw her affirm her own identity, despite when she was confronted with the truth. And I saw her hacking, and heard her say that she'd been there for years figuring things out. So I don't feel like I'm implanting that. That's what the story was told to me. It's true, but they didn't do anything to. I don't know. I can't quite describe. I, I don't. What. I don't think you. I think you need to watch another episode. No. I think. I think what I think. 
I mean, I do agree um, that this should stand on its own. I'm not, I'm not giving the, you know, well, I'm forgiving her because she only had one episode so far. Like, I'm, I'm saying that in my opinion on this episode alone, I'm seeing strength. Is she as strong as other companions I've seen yet? No, not at all. Uh, she, she was, you know, someone in distress whom the doctor was trying to save. And right. she wasn't the whole point of the story. You also had Rory and, and Amy figuring their stuff out and the doctor figuring yes. his stuff out. Did anybody know? else hate Amy the first half of the episode? I yes. absolutely hated Amy. I, I hated, hated Amy. And I've I think that's Amy. a discredit. I think that's a discredit to Moffat himself. Like, I love the man and he's a genius, but that was that was pushing it too far. Well, they made her unlikable for, I guess, to give you the uh, feel of what Rory was going through, which was she was dis- distancing herself from everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I really You'd, didn't like her. My, 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 and I agree with you on that. My thing is I needed to see that from both points of views. I saw, I felt like I was seeing their breakup only through Rory's point of view. Yeah. And, like, and there wasn't a balance, right? There yeah, wasn't I a balance. In the I only, figured I must've th- been, sorry, Alan, you go. No, go ahead. I figured I must be missing something because, and I'm clearly, I know that I am because I haven't watched anything since the first season of, of Matt Smith, but it was so underdeveloped. It was so ridiculous. And then the final climax, the final emotional climax that was supposed to strike your heart was that he said, you know, you've, I've always loved you more than you loved, you've loved me. And the proof was that he waited for her for 2000 years. And then she came back with the whole idea that it was harder for her to give him up because she can't have kids than it was for him to wait for 2,000 years. And on the face of it, that is a beautiful love story. But I didn't believe a damn word that came out of her mouth. Like, that Neither. didn't, I didn't, that didn't was, come yeah. across at all. Well, also, I think, I. I think that happened, honestly, too quickly. It, it wrapped up Amen. in the same episode that really it first occurred. And I'm like, well, I'm not really buying into this on either was fashion. That a like, thing, was that established that she couldn't have kids? No, no that, that was a new revelation. No, that, obviously, it's a plot device that's going to be used later. But I think it was a really terrible way to introduce it. That was it. a horrible way to do it. Because I was sure I I've got to be missing something here or this wouldn't be so bad. But the, if, the, if that was all new. Dumb. It's like, okay, yeah. talk about a breakdown in communication. Could we have just like. <laughs> exactly. And Jay can like, vouch. Jay can vouch for the fact that we were watching this in the same room. And the moment she said that, I could barely keep from screaming the word adoption over and over and over again. <laughs> Well, and no, I think no. Rory would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, and and on top of that, you know, I felt like there was they they gave you a glimmer of when Rory is leaving with the papers, she tries to stop him for a moment, but then she immediately gives up and and goes to her, you know, makeup it friend. It was badly written, Amy. It was, it was badly very badly written. Yeah, I mean there there are the elements there, but I'm not getting them done well enough or strong enough. And and I really feel feel like the solution should have been uh, either show them at a point where they aren't yet signing papers, but they're not living together yet uh, anymore, you know, or show me and they've gotten past that point, but give me a build up back to their trust and and if there's other issues going on, like I mean, because surely adoption would have come up as a possibility. Yeah. And and well, let's face it, like everybody knew Amy and Rory were going to get back together. If you actually break up Amy and Rory, there will be revolt. <laughs> like, there will people be. People will storm the BBC with 
with torches and, and pitchforks and break things. Like well, that's the thing is like there was never any danger. You can't some a relationship you have established that strongly, you're not gonna just like ditch it for some like really weak well, little pond life segments in the and, first half of an episode. That's not happening. I, okay, I have to I have to cut in because we're running out of time, and I'm so sorry, Alan. We we just completely like went away with this Doctor Who thing. I should have known better. No problem. <laughs> I told you before we started this. I know, I, I know. That means you'll have to come back on the show. I'm that totally just, fine with that. But and and we will actually probably keep talking about Doctor Who. I, I have no doubt. Um, but I, I have to ask one thing because I haven't seen the last Pond Life episode. Did they even establish that there was a problem with the two of them? Yes. Or this? They did. They did. Okay. Yeah. It the the very last Pond Life episode was uh, the Doctor leaving a message and having some sense that things might be wrong. And while we were hearing the voicemail, we saw Amy and Rory having a really big fight, and her shouting as Rory left the apartment with, uh, I believe, some luggage with him or something, and oh. and him taking off. And then the doctor, you know, kind of concluding his voicemail and then thinking, oh, I'm, I'm sounding stupid. This is probably nothing. And erasing the voicemail message. And Amy coming back to the phone, looking at it. There's no messages and muttering to herself, I wish, the, I wish you were here. And, and so they, they did establish that little bit. But again, we didn't see, you know, what was that argument? Was that the first argument, the seventh argument, the 17th right. argument? Right, we you know, were and how much longer? <laughs> right, and how much longer is this than the last time we saw them? Is this a year? Is this two years? Is this five years? Yeah, was that's her. Just, was her there. incredibly unbelievable modeling career established? Yeah, it was. It was. Oh God, she, she was the face of a line. Well, uh, that was I, kind of ridiculous. I I didn't like that bit uh, either. I think yeah, just left that out as far as I was uh, concerned. But, oh well. Uh, all I have to oh. say is the true measure of a companion is what they do when they're not with the doctor. And that's one of the reasons why I liked Mary Jane so much. Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane, whatever. You're spoken the Mary Jane. You get that wrong. <laughs> I was, like, a Jane I was in it. like, did I miss a companion? Who is Mary Jane? <laughs> no, that was the last time for the doctor. We won't even but talk no, about she, that. She, you know, she, she expressed that there was... There was a different way of life after you've been with, if you traveled with the doctor and then you come back. But yeah, if well, it disintegrates into a complete inability to to maintain relationships, that really speaks to your character. Well, and that's why Sarah Jane is pretty much my favorite char- companion of all time, and I think to a lot of people because she, was she awesome. Epitome- she was. It still makes me sad to talk about it, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna end it on that. I you know forever. Wow. Wow. That's me. a downer. I'm sorry. No, it's not a downer. No. How because, awesome you know was what? she? She was the Eternally. best one. Eternally, Sarah Jane. So, Sizzler, you you have to come back on so we can sure. talk because you're great and you've got an awesome voice, by the way. You really uh, do voice on the radio. It's so. very Thank silky. You, I will give you that. Yes, it uh, is. I See? appreciate it. So we have to have you back on. Um, can you give us a rundown of anything that you've got going on that you'd like to pimp in like 20 seconds or less? Because I sure know thing. Sure thing. Uh, if you go onto iTunes or my website, alankissler.com, you can find Crazy 60 Geeks, which is the podcast I host with Jill Pantosi, a.k.a. The Nerdy Bird. Uh, I am currently working on a all-ages story webcomic-y thing that'll be premiering in hopefully about a month. 
And uh, it's kind of like reading Rainbow for the DC Universe. You'll see. You'll like it. And uh, what else? What else? On CBR right now, you can check out recently my look at the portrayals of the many actors who have done Batman and what they all brought to the table. Nice. Sweet. Awesome. You are prolific, sir. I, I need it. I try to spread myself out like a disease, you know. <laughs> I was wow. going to go with that day, but okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Like this, this lovable <laughs> geeky disease. <laughs> and with that, uh, thank you guys what for being it? on. I really, really appreciate it. We are so out of time. I'm so sorry, Amanda. Thank you guys. I will see you at Horror Hound Weekend this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, actually, as soon as this thing is broadcast. So thank you once again for joining us. Fangirl Radio signing off. Thank you.